welcome to podcast. <laughs> That's the new theme song. <laughs> it's yeah, it's good. Hi everyone. Welcome to Happy Hour History. <laughs> Megan's laughing at me. Why do I even have you on this show? That's <laughs> so weird. Anyways, this is Happy Hour History, obviously. If you didn't know that, uh, this is a horrible place to start because this has not been funny at all. No, I don't think so. Okay, that's fine. I mean, fine. is any of the content that we've put out... Not that we've put out. No. Maybe that I've put out. Probably not even that. You've only been on two episodes. Yeah, but they were the first ones, so... Yeah, which a, means that they were the bar. test ones. I said high bar. Oh, I, was, those, I think those are, the, like, the test ones. Not That's even... fair. Yeah. I was roped into it, so, you know. I mean, you didn't really take much roping. <laughs> Maybe you need to have higher standards for what you do with your time, because it was very easy to get you in. I suppose. Well, anyways, guys, if this is your first episode, my name's Caden. I'm the host. Megan's still giving me a weird look. Megan is also here, uh, co-hosting for the second time, so if you haven't listened to the Hannibal episodes... It's the first uh, one, so go listen to that. Yeah, it is the first one. It's number one. beautiful voice. And she was uh, co-hosting that. She let me experiment with her. Um, (laughs) But now we're back. (laughs) She was my dummy. She was like my test subject. There you go. Um, Thank you. I really appreciate that. And now we're back with, like, I don't know, episode eight, maybe? I don't know. I don't really keep count. And she back. Yeah, I am back. Um, And I'm going to teach her something totally different, because if you listen to any of the last episodes, it's a lot of Europe. Do people know we live in Europe? Yeah, I think it's been mentioned currently. Well, that depends on if you count UK as Europe. A lot of people in the UK don't. But almost any American would, so controversial. Well, I think it's just because we bat it. Yeah. Knowing the political stances of other countries. Or the UK is bad at understanding that it's right off of the coast of continent, and I mean, therefore it's yeah, included. Yeah, like if Iceland is considered Europe continentally, I think the UK is considered <laughs> Europe continentally. I People from the UK, please write in to us. You consider yourself part of Europe. We're interested. Not in the Brexit kind of stance, but just like no. continentally. Yeah. We don't really want to hear... I don't really want Brexit yelling in my direction. I think you should turn into a political podcast. I think I should turn into a Brexit podcast. It could literally go for the end of time. Well, no one knows what's going on. That Yeah, that's why I'm saying, like, I could do that forever. Anyways, that's not what we're doing today. The point of me mentioning Europe was to say that today we are uh, bebopping into left field here because we are not in Europe. It's Europe. a mind journey. But we're mind journeying to America, which is, you know our homeland so it makes sense there you go so going home uh but today i am going to be teaching megan a bit more about sacagawea what what i forgot that it was way instead of we i'm so used to we honestly i'm gonna tell you right now i will switch back and forth this yeah. entire podcast i don't know why and i understand that it's correct but sacagawea just sounds weirdly pretentious to me well, I'm going to do both. Honestly, I'm not good at maintaining something, and I, I kind of use both. Keep that inconsistency. It's both. like... No um, can get mad at you, because you've technically said... I've done it both, yeah. Um, but in fairness, and I will get into this later, her name alone is mega controversial. Really? Yes. Actually, um, yeah, I'll explain it a little more later, because if I try to do it now, it won't really make sense, because okay. no context. Um, but yeah, her name's controversial. Um, but also, if for anyone who listened to my solo Artemisia Genileski episode, I also pronounce her name differently pretty much every time I say it. It's either Artemisia or Artemisia, 
and I flip-flop because I don't like to be wrong. It's so inconsistent. Yeah, I don't... You're definitely wrong either way. Yeah, but that's the thing is that I haven't gone in wholeheartedly okay. all right. on so you've not either. put all your chips on the Wea or the Wea. Yeah, exactly. Your, like, I'm... Your if, your you're, if you're wrong 50% of the time, you're so right 50% of the time, so... Yeah, I guess. I'm just going for, you know... I'm trying, on... I mean, yeah, I'm playing that, those odds. I'm we won. We way? <laughs> we won? No. Saka de Wong. That sounds like she's from like that's Mexico. <laughs> that's definitely wrong. Wong. No, they were not we're not quite that far Did south like in America. Like Wea. So, yeah, that's nice. It actually sounds kinda nice. Yeah, it, it, honestly, it's a nice name, but it's about to get controversial for reasons that I've yet to explain, but I've now brought up like four times. Okay. Okay. Uh, blanket statements are that we swear on this podcast. Sorry, Mom. And also, um, we use crude humor and stuff, whatever. But the other blanket statement for this one specifically is that I am not Native American. Um, I have tried to the best of my abilities to figure out how to pronounce these words, um, but as with her name and every other name in this, um, I can't be certain I'm saying it right, and I apologize if anyone is like, damn bitch, that's wrong. So, um, in the early years of her life, Which so was um, time frame me. I was getting there. Okay. Um, so she was supposedly born around 1788, though that's okay. not like firm. The issue is like, is that I don't know. It always feels like people are either like way older or way what like, younger. Did she seem much younger? No, yeah, that, does, that does seem right because like obviously the states were a thing, but you know, yeah, it just also seems. Maybe a little bit younger than I... If I had to guess, I don't know that I would have guessed the 80s, 1780s, but you know. The 80s, baby. There you go. Um, ladies. She's from the Lemke Band of the Native American Shoshone tribe. She was born in Idaho. Modern day Idaho. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Um, so that's what... That's what I was gonna... sucks, but... Yeah, I know. I know you hate Idaho. Well, you know, I feel like everyone should... I'm not, I mean, I don't really have firm like, opinions. I don't hate them, but I'm just, like, I'm not, like, pro-Idaho. Okay. And um, what you need to know about pretty much any Native American tribe, but obviously specifically the Shoshone in this case, is that, of course, there's not, like, documented evidence from them because they didn't write things down. Um, so we don't really know that much about her early life. Um, so some of it is going to differ from source to source on what they say. Um, so I've kind of tried to take, like, as much as I could find that was sort of generally agreed upon. Um, so she might have been the daughter of the chief of her, like, Lemhi band of the Shoshones. Yeah. Um, not certain about that, but may have been the daughter of the chief. 
Um, her tribe had an enemy tribe. They Ooh. did not, like, rival tribe. Like, Jets and the Sharks. Exactly. Snap it out. Yes, yeah, snap it out. Um, and the rival tribe was called the Hidatsa. Ooh, and I like that name a lot. I know. It really rolls off the tongue. Hidatsa. Hidatsa and the Shoshone. Yeah, Shoshone's so, also pretty cool. Yeah, honestly, they could definitely, um, do a musical about that, and I would watch it. Megan and I would watch almost any musical. I don't know. That's a lie. I get bored easy. Yeah, but we've seen a lot of musicals. We have. We've seen a lot of trash as well. But sometimes we do it on purpose. We subject ourselves to the trash. No, we, we trash. give it a go. Um, but the, okay, so the thing that is important to know is that Hidatsa had guns, what? and her tribe didn't. Damn. Got trade for those guns. Get on the Did side they do, of like, the fur trapping. Like how they get the money to. Well, I guess they were just trading. They were making lucrative trades with so the I'm Europeans. Assuming they were doing fur trapping. I don't know. Or hunting. Or I do not know. I didn't okay. look that up. So, yeah. So, her tribe didn't have guns. So, you can imagine that, like... Yeah, pretty much massacre. Yeah, it's yeah. not great. Yeah. And so, as a result, around the year 1800, when she was also, like, somewhere around the age of 12, um, the Hidatsa tribe attacked her tribe of the Shoshone, and Sacagawea was captured. Um, oh. There were a couple of, of people captured, and she was among them. And so she was then taken by the Hidatsa to um, their kind of tribal encampment. I don't know where they lived, <laughs> and um, and that was in North Dakota. Ooh, fun! Wait, what? They were really far away. Like, okay, if you're traveling by foot, I yeah. go to North Dakota. Is yeah, they like, were doing that's they do. a trip. Yeah, so they went to North Dakota, and she was with her kidnappers. Well, she was now living with the Mandan uh, band of the Hidatsa. So it's not really, like, that important, but they're an affiliate tribe. Um, And they're... Yeah, that's actually... That sounds weirdly businessy. (laughs) Yes, this is my affiliate tribe. (laughs) Um, There is a woman called Dr. Mary Jane Schneider, and she studies the Hidatsa tribe. And she said that they didn't practice slavery, so she wasn't being taken when she was kidnapped she wasn't really meant to be like a slave in that sense um and so they actually tended to adopt the people that they kidnapped and she was a child so they would kind of adopt these children and families what if, but what if they took an old person or i don't really think they them? i don't really think they took a lot of old people okay. i think they specifically kind of took younger people okay um i mean that seems pretty ageist but you know. yeah they don't they just, they just where's the equal opportunity kidnapping <laughs> they do not have that they don't know that they are not following HR rules here. Okay. I mean, so, if you're going to have an affiliate tribe. Yeah, if you're going to make this all business-like, you really have to follow human resources. <laughs> and she was a human resource, if you think about it, even if she wasn't a slave. I mean, I guess, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so she was adopted by a family, as far as we know, for about four years. Um, and then sometime around 1803, 1804... Sacagawea was introduced to a man. <laughs> I should have looked this up because this is French, but I didn't. So here I am going to say something wrong. Um, Toussaint Charbonneau. And he basically was given Sacagawea like oh, as a gift. Like sort that. of. It was either a trade in which she was the trading thing. Um, a purchase that he made. 
or it okay, was so induced slavery. That seems a bit yeah, weird. I know. Or to pr- or I guess the whammons back then. Yeah, or it was to pay off gambling debts that the the, <laughs> that the tribe had gambled too much. The tribe just take, gambled take this with girl him. instead. Um, so it was one of those three situations, but basically she was just like given off. Um, and there is the potential that she like was kind of cool with it, but okay. they're not really sure. Like either okay. either she was given against her will or she was cool with it, and those are really the only two options anyway. Yeah. Basically, we don't know. Different, you know. He's like, yeah, whatever. Um, but I mean, I assume I would not be indifferent if I was given to someone to pay off gambling debts. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, bitch, pay off your own debts. (laughs) Um, They are through her. Yeah, that sucks. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, when I was looking this up, all I could think was either she was um, sold against her will. Yeah, which is sad. Which sounds probable. Which is really sad. I would, I would split that 80-20 in terms yeah, of... Yeah, so she was either sold against her will, which is horribly sad, or she chose to go because it was a better alternative than what she was doing currently. Yeah, that's why But I'd then doesn't that mean that her adopted family must have sucked so bad that it was better to be like, weird man, you're my husband now. I don't know, but I can kind of see it. Like, if you were adopted... I mean, I'm assuming, I'm assuming like I said, 80-20 split, she didn't want it. Yeah. But I'm assuming if she, like, did, then, like, I mean, which, you know, maybe she just wasn't dig in what was happening because obviously different culture than the one she grew up in i'm assuming even though they would be relatively similar i just i don't know also, i you know if you were like adopted but you were also like kidnapped i feel like you would never really fit you in. might be like wow you're not my real mom yeah but like and it would be literal yeah well yeah you can't be um, from my real mom <laughs> yeah so that's why i'm thinking like even if it's nice to say oh she wasn't a slave she was adopted i'm like um, yeah i don't know Really I don't really know if that's like a loving home life. Maybe she was like Cinderella, you know, like she yeah. had like stepsisters, but they were like Cinderella, Cinderella. Oh no. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm thinking it's not great. Okay, but yeah. So Charbonneau was a fur trader from Quebec. That sounds right. Fur trapping, baby. There you go. Yeah. He was also 20 years older than her. And, um... Wait, so he was, like, what, like... Well, she's right around 15 or 16 at the time. Okay, so he's almost 40. So, yeah, he's near in 40s. Okay. Um, and at the time that he purchased or was gifted Sacagawea... All right, but quick note. Yeah. When you were 15, there were some... I don't think he's, like, Silver Fox at it, though. Okay. (laughs) I mean, maybe he was, but he was a fur trapper, so I feel like he'd sort of have that, like, like, logger look, but, like dirtier because they didn't have like <laughs> they didn't have like yeah but i'm sure he had like magnificent fluoride toothpaste like, and just, stuff like, war- rocks up in like this like magnificent coat and i'd be like mm. i mean only if he can afford to actually keep the things that he creates and not sell them all i suppose i don't I know mean, i don't know he was i mean he took a, a child instead of payment or he paid for her. i don't know anyways he probably he was rich enough and well somehow, so if you if you want to know how rich he may or may not have been mm-hmm. at the time that he purchased or was gifted sacagawea he had actually already purchased another shoshone woman from the same like from the same group that was taken okay so he was like he, he was well versed he was Whatever this is. He had a was. kink, and it was for a very specific type of like woman. Okay. He knew what he like, wanted. I don't like him anymore. I, don't, I never liked him. Well, and neither did I, but I thought maybe he had some bitch in fur coats. So we, <laughs> we could negotiate in the middle. Um, and so his the first woman that he had purchased, her name was Otter Woman. Ooh. 
I love otters. Which just makes me think of the two otters holding hands so that they don't float away from each other. I love otters. Yeah, so her name was Otter Woman. And she was taking the same reign as Sacagawea. She was slightly older than her. Did they know Um, each other? Like, were they, like... Um, I don't think that's really documented because oh, okay. none of that like before there. Yeah, that's fair. Um, honestly, Otter Woman's not really that well documented anyway. Um, and she'd already been living with him as more a wife. More recognition for Otter Woman. Yeah, yeah what I the heck? More love for Otter Woman. We're Team Otter Woman here, but also Team Sacagawea because we're not pitting women against each other. We are, by the way. So if you're gonna flip, okay. you gotta do a better job. We're also Team Sacagawea here there because uh, we love all ladies in this story. Because there's not that many of them. It's pretty much just these two. Yeah, but it's her story. No one calls yeah. them, Actually, a lot of people call Lewis and Clark. Just kidding. I, I messed up. Yeah. The Lewis and Clark expression? But they didn't get their own coin. They probably have a coin That's somewhere. Fair. She had like a more, like, you know, highly, you know, circulated coin. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so Odd Woman was already living with him as his wife. Cool. I mean, not so cool, but And yes. so that means that Sacagawea uh, was made to live with him as his second wife. And then I wrote in my oh, notes... Oh, think I've been polygamy? Like, yeah, what the heck? Oh, damn. What a greedy bitch. Yeah, he's, he's just taking on all these wives. I hate him. He sucks. Yeah. How can he provide for... Is he really... Is he providing them all free coats? He better be. That's all he's good for. It's like, hey, I may already have another wife, but guess what? I'll give you a sweet fur coat. It's bitchin' fur coat. You're like, yeah. All yours, babe. And then she's like, yeah, I guess I'll marry him, whatever. It's no engagement ring, but a fur coat, and it's Um, it's like, or she could have made one herself, because she was probably baller. Yeah, that's true. She She was was a survivor. Um, so, yeah. So, in the summer of 1804, she was pregnant with their child, which I'm like, what about? So, having a baby. She's a baby having a baby. Not for that. 1804, so she would have been... Not. Almost 20, but not Like 16. Okay. Not right around 16. But then... She would have been on an MTV show. Yeah, 16 to pregnant. But then our girl... Our girl's like, no, no, no. I can be a teen mom. It's fine. I'll be on that show. But also... I love travel. And you know what? Me too. I get it, Saka Julia. I also mom. love travel. Well, I'm not, yeah. Because traveling with a baby would be it's so bit, hard. It's a bit late for that. But, so. yeah, I'm too old you to be a team mom. Your dream of being a team mom. <laughs> it is past too long ago. Um, That's really sad, honestly. But, yeah, she does not want to let having a baby slow her down. And I, I respect, respect that. that. <laughs> because I would absolutely let having a baby slow me down. That seems exhausting. So, around the time that Sacagawea was sold to her hubby, um, slash, like, you know, owner. Captor. Um, America was also getting a little bit bigger. Yeah. Because our bish nearly doubled in size because, uh, yeah, Jefferson, President Jefferson, uh, initiates Louisiana Purchase with France in 1803, and that gave us fuck ton of new land. I wonder if France regrets. Regrets, probably. Because, I mean, there's some good land in that. I mean, a lot of it... And and Napoleon lost, so it was like, well... Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't even worthwhile money. No. Um, But yeah, so like 800,000 square miles of land. Dang. Brand new. So, manifest destiny. That land's been there for a while. Well, yeah, but tell that to the white people who were like, hmm, brand new. No one's that's, been here before. Yeah, that's valid. Okay. 
Yeah. Our white faces haven't made it that far yet, so it's brand new. Um, yeah, so we're not here for that, you know, 1800s racism, but unfortunately, they were. Because of this whole purchase, obviously, it needs to be surveyed and it needs to be mapped out, but especially, um, Jefferson would really like to find a water route that connects the Mississippi River to the Pacific, so the idea of, like, the Northwest Passage. I'm gonna say, spoiler alert, they're not gonna find it, but... Yeah, I mean, that's... They didn't know that because they'd never been there. I mean, I didn't know that, so... You didn't know that? I'm joking. Oh, you said it very earnestly. I believed you. For all of our non-American fans, or American fans who do not know geography, yeah, rivers in America don't do that, so no Northwest Passage, but we haven't gotten to that part of the story, so that's okay. So basically, yeah, Meriwether Lewis and William Clark were chosen to lead a mission of about 40 men to survey the land and to see if there was potential for a Northwest Passage. What was their, like, credentials to get picked for this? Um, so Meriwether Lewis was chosen specifically by Jefferson, um, and I assume that was because he was, like, an explorer boy. Okay. You know, like, like, um, in the movie Up with the little kid who's just, like, that, like, little explorer dude. So he's a, a glorified... A wilderness explorer. Yeah, like, that kind of... Okay. And then, um, and then Lewis... Uh, specifically then chose Clark because Clark had been in, like, the military. Besties. Okay. Um, I mean, I get military. That's resourceful. Okay. Yeah. So they, so okay. Meriwether Lewis was chosen by the president and then Lewis wanted Clark to go with him. So this could have actually just been the Lewis expedition. I mean, but Lewis was being a good bro, and he was like, Clark, come on. Well, Lewis and Clark sounds better than just Lewis. It does, so. They, he knew that the branding was important. Yeah, that's really what we care about here. So, I mean, from our resident marketing expert, Megan, yeah, Lewis and Clark sounds better, so that's the shit. That's, uh, that's the tea if you're trying to get good at marketing. Uh, it's all about that, that sound. All about that mouth sound. That mouth feel. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? That's food. No, well, oh, yeah, wine, wine mouthfeel. The mouthfeel. Let me let me have a drink like of any, this. It's like anytime you call something like umami, I'm just that like, mouthfeel. Shit. I'm gonna have a sip of this beautiful WKD and see what yeah, the mouthfeel. She's feel. currently drinking neon blue. Um, <sighs> swish it around, like, mouthfeel. Like uh, whatever that blue flavored Gatorade is, it's like their like older brother that got into hard, you know. <laughs> Hard alcohol. Just a little bit of liquor in there, too. I'm going to say the mouth feels fine. There's no legs. The mouth feels? There's no legs. <laughs> There's a rich body. <laughs> Switch it around. We're not fancy enough to be drinking wine right now because both of us are pansies and don't like wine. That's true. I have the palate of a 12-year-old. Palate of a 12-year-old. I'll go on record and say that. Yeah. So, yeah. Meriwether, Lewis, and William Clark were selected to lead this mission of 40 men. They sailed up the Missouri River into North Dakota, and that's how they end up near the Hidatsa tribe, Ooh, which baby. is where Sacagawea and Charbonneau were living. And uh, Lewis and Clark were, once they met Charbonneau, they were like, oh, this would be a great guy to be our translator, because um, he spoke French, because he was French-Canadian. Um, and... They had somebody in their group who spoke French. They spoke English, obviously, but somebody within the core of Discovery, which was their 40-man mission 
thing. Their core of discovery. Yeah, it's a baller name, honestly. Is that what it was actually called? Yeah, the core of discovery. That's really nice. Um, but, so, one of the people, at least one of the people in the Corps Discovery spoke French, and then Charbonneau, who spoke French, also could speak a bit of Hidatsa. So, they wanted him as a translator, but it also worked really well because he spoke Hidatsa, and then both of his wives spoke Hidatsa and Shoshone. So, they had, like... So, did this dude only speak... He didn't speak English, did he? As far as I know, not at the beginning, Okay, so, it was... The there lady. was a long line of it's like it's like a game of telephone. So it was the ladies translating to him, to him to translate to that dude who spoke French, and then the dude who spoke yeah. French translating to Lucy. That is really telephony. Although to be honest, I have to imagine that as the journey went on, they started figuring out how to commu- communicate because otherwise, that would be a long journey to not be able to properly discuss. Yeah, that's why um, Google Translate. When they wanted. So they wanted Charbonneau to be their translator, and um, eventually it was agreed that that would happen, but they decided that they would stay for the winter in North Dakota, and that was because Sacagawea had to give birth that, to her baby. That, that baby. That baby, though. Was there any other babies? Did that other lady have a baby? Mm, I mean, Otter. otter honestly, baby? no idea. Couldn't tell you. Interesting. She was married to him, so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if she did, but there's no mention there's not really a, there's not really a lot of fact about Otter Woman out there. She doesn't That's get the respect she deserves. Tragedy. For having such a cool name, she does not get the respect she deserves. I don't like it. Um, but she gave birth to her son, and he was named Jean-Baptiste Charbonneau. God, it's such a classic French name. Yes, it is. And he was born in early 1805. And Louis actually delivered the baby. Weird. And he said that her labor was tedious and the pain violent. Uh, <laughs> her pain was tedious, or her labor, labor was, tedious. was tedious, and the pain was she sang violent. very sing-songly. For so beautiful, it's artistic. Um, but he also mentions that the labor kind of went on for so long, and eventually they had to give her. The rattle from a rattlesnake, which apparently induces labor, like more, like or like makes it like go faster. They gave her a rattle, like like the rattlesnake, the thing in it that like makes it rattle. Yeah. You can like take that and then make it into some kind of medicine. And so she just ingested rattle from rattlesnake, and it made the labor go faster. Okay, I thought you said they just like gave her a rattle from a rattlesnake, and I was like, I don't see how. That she was just playing fucking maracas. <laughs> She's just shaking violently from her contractions. <laughs> They're like, yeah, let's jam. I uh, recognize that as an audio podcast, no one can appreciate the amazing air maracas I was just doing, but... They're, they're, I rate them four out of ten. <laughs> That's so rude. Yeah, so it wasn't given to her as, like, a musical entertainment okay, thing. Well, you should have clarified, because I was confused. <laughs> she was just so entertained by the rattling that... Actually, you said you just said they gave her a rattle from a rattlesnake. That makes me think that they gave her the rattly bit. To eat. Yeah, they gave it to her to ingest. Well, she didn't just say that. <laughs> they gave it to her. If I say, hey, I'm going to give you this thing, I don't assume that that means that I'm going to force it down your throat. I was thinking, like, it's a medicine. You understand that she was having, like, a medical procedure, which was just labor. A spoonful of <laughs> the baby. Come, come out. <laughs> baby, come out. Let's remake that, Julie Andrews. I actually... Julie, if you're listening, please please do that. <laughs> Julie, 
Julie, if you're listening, Julie, if Julie Andrews listens to this podcast, I swear to God, I will end my own life. <laughs> Julie, if you're listening, we love sheer you. Embarrassment. <laughs> um, what if she's a big fan? What if she's like, wow, Megan's cool? I don't. I don't think I. I mean, not to not to joke about suicide because that's obviously <laughs> very serious. But I think I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I would spiral deeply. Julie, we love you. Anyways. I know you're not listening, but just wanted to put that out there. Maybe there's a l- person out there called Julie Andrews who's listening. And Julie like Andrews, if you're not the Julie Andrews, we still love and respect you. And I'm sure that you don't get enough credit for being um, the amazing person you are. I'm sure they have an easy time getting um, meal reservations. Like, yeah, reservations. Yeah. Honestly, probably, so yeah. They're, they're truly blessed. Or, like, getting into clubs and stuff. Or like, oh, I yeah. I think they would think that, um... <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I would love to go clubbing with Julie yeah, Andrews. <laughs> Okay. I just want to go mattress surfing with her, like, in Princess Diaries. I would also like that. We've gotten very off topic. Yeah, yeah. How did we um, get to Julie Andrews again? Spoonful of rattle. That's it. Um, so, yeah, so she has her baby, Jean-Baptiste Charbonneau, but he was also called Pomp, Ooh. which is the word meaning firstborn in Shoshone, and he was also sometimes then called Pompey. Like the two Like the Roman? Days. Oh, yeah, like the Tiramisu place. If you're ever in London or... Well, London's the fake version. It's real, but the actual one's in Italy. Um, and then they've just outsourced it make here some, as well. some bitch in Tiramisu. Yeah, so if you're ever in Italy... Um, I've only been to one in Rome, so I assume they might be other places, but I can't really be certain. So if you're ever in Italy or if you're ever in London, go to Pompey. It's not spelled the same way. It's P-O-M-P-I. Um, I was thinking Pompey like the Roman general oh which is the same deal um okay but yeah so he was called pompey um and this nickname was actually probably given to him by clark that's cute and clark um as i'll discuss a little bit later would eventually develop a very strong attachment to this child which is sort of cute he just loved that boy he's loved that little boy so cute um yeah so that's pompey um so then they are traveling after the baby is born and this bitch has no time for, you know, postpartum life. She's on the road. She's moving. Lots on tour. She, she's a mom on the go. She's a cool mom. And so after Pompey's born, the Corps of Discovery leaves North Dakota. Sacagawea was the only woman in the group. I think I'm going to switch back to Sacagawea. I think I've done it for enough now. And Pompey um, was also with them, and he was used in a cradle board, which was attached to her back to carry him. So it's sort of like the idea today of, like, those um, like the carrier. carrier things that you put, usually on your front, to be honest. But she had, like, a wooden board, basically, that he was, like, wrapped against, and then that was, like, attached to her back. Just wrap him on that so, board, baby. <laughs> so, yeah. So he was... Um, a traveler from a very young age. He was, like, one of those little, um, like, bougie kids who their first plane ride is when they're, like, three weeks old and they're in first class and, you know, except that probably wasn't really first class travel, but... First class travel. Just trudging in the... I mean, to be honest, though, if you're on a mission, like, that was sent out by the president, you gotta be like, wow. Yeah, I guess. There's probably definitely enough food. We're balling up in here. Well, I guess you couldn't... They didn't really have preserved food back then, so I rescind my statement. Honestly, I, I'm, yeah, okay. They probably had good weapons, though. Weapons. Um, so after, shortly after they leave, 
Sacagawea makes a name for herself among the core as the baller woman that she is. Wait, she was the only lady? But you said, did Otter Woman not go? Otter Woman, as far as anyone can tell, did not go. What the hell? She got a great deal in. She got to leave her husband, just hang. He's like, bye, bitch. See you in two years. So why did... Okay, my question is, why did they bring the one who just had a kid instead of the other one? Maybe she was like... Maybe she... Her Instagram bio was like, I love travel. Want to see the world? That's what my Instagram bio is. I mean, yeah, but like... It's not, actually. If your option was, hey, I need a translator. There's this lady who literally just gave birth. Or this other lady who did Maybe Otter Woman was like, make me. I guess. Yeah, they could have, though. <laughs> literally, bitch, make me. Okay. All you I'm wish a bitch I would. Don't, I don't understand their... Yeah, life. I don't know. But, yeah, so Sacagawea goes. And after she leaves, she, like I said, makes a name for herself. And that is because they were traveling in boats like little you know like like little kind of canoe type boats um and while they were sailing on these little boats um one nearly capsized that she was in and um charbonneau who was acting as the navigator at that time he panics but she does not panic she was able to actually save all of the crucial papers books um like navigation tools medicines and their provisions like as much as possible um that had fallen in the water and so she saved as much as she could and she protected her son and lewis wrote in his journal the indian woman to whom i ascribe equal fortitude and resolution with any person on board at the time of the accident um so he was like wow she bitching and cool job you did a neat thing. Did you give her a good performance review? Yeah, she got she got an A. They were like, there's room for improvement, but that was good. Um, they don't even call her by her name. She's just the Indian woman, so racism was still real. This is a nice little story, there's but... Like one lady. I think you'd like be able to learn her name. I mean, eventually they do. That's the good news. Okay. I can tell you that. Her name if, does... If someone gave me like 40 dudes and one lady, like <laughs> the 40 dudes, you know, I'd learn a few names, but the one Some lady- of you are definitely Thomases. I'm going to go so far as to say that there's definitely a Meriwether and William, because those are William, those are Lewis and Clark's first names, and that's all I can... What about a John? Definitely some Johns, John. I have to say. Yeah. And there's also a Jean-Baptiste. Jean-Baptiste. But he a baby. He's pompy. That's true. A little pomp. There's one pomp. Pomp. <laughs> a little pomp. Um, but, and then also they wrote in their diary, um, that Charbonneau was still crying to his God for mercy, um, which proved, which he was proving himself to be, quote, perhaps the most timid, timid waterman in the world. Some people don't like boats. And all I wrote, well, he was the navigator. It is like how when I sit in the car with my mom and I'm the navigator, but I don't actually know where I'm going. I'm just using Google Maps. Anyways, so I wrote that the most timid waterman in the world basically is just saying, little bitch. So Charbonneau, not, not, no. Yeah, he's not really proven himself on this journey. I mean, who thought he would, though? And so, Lewis and Clark actually named a branch of the Missouri after Sacagawea several days later. Oh, what they call it? Sacagawea. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? They named it Sacagawea. It's the pronunciation is very, uh, very important to the river. I mean, that's fun. I'd like to have a river named after myself. 
I'm sure there's a Megan River somewhere. You look hard enough. Yeah, but it's not named after me. I mean, there'll never be a Caden River, so you can just fuck right off. That's true. Um, but Charbonneau apparently could cook pretty mean bison sausage. <laughs> so he was making All a right, name. He sucks, but he was making a name for himself as um, the chef. Although Lewis also said that he was a man of no particular merit. So I mean, apparently not even enough they, to merit him, like, chef. Him, they brought him along as a translator. What do they expect and, from him? And they apparently don't even have anything nice to say about that. He's a man of no particular merit. Not even... Then why did they bring him? They, it's not like he was, like, dr- like you know. Like, they, like, were like, oh, this dude's cool. Let's bring him. Like, you think they would have tested out his skills. It's sort of like when you become friends with somebody because you're desperate for friends. And then you actually realize who they are and you're like, oh, I made a mistake. Yeah. It's kind of what they did. They're like, oh, it'd be great if we had someone who spoke French. Whereas, contrastingly, Sacagawea could identify roots and plants, uh, as well as berries that were edible or medicinal. Um, So she really kind of proved her worth in terms of, like, foraging. Uh, Also, she saved all their shit on those boats. So, you know, girl was pretty well-liked, even if they did kind of call her the Indian woman. But they named a river after her. Part of a river. And then... Here's where things could have gotten interesting, but sort of don't. In that, Clark in particular uh, developed a very close bond with both Sacagawea and her son, Pompey. Oh, does he want it? Um, And he would often um, kind of, they would like walk together and they would like check for damage to the boats together. So cute. So, so romantic. Let's <laughs> go checking boats for damage. We would walk along the river together. Um, and basically, like, she wasn't, everyone thinks of her as being, like, the guide of the trip, and she wasn't really a traditional guide. Like, that's not really what she was there for. She was meant to be a translator. Um, although she did recall some Shoshone trails that were helpful to them. So she sort of did act in a way as a guy, but that's not really her main role. Um, But Clark even called her his pilot. So you could make that saucy if you want. It's probably not, but like, ah, like, you know, she leads me where I need to go. So romantic. She's the pilot of my heart. heart. (laughs) You can make anything romantic if you're gross. Pilot of my heart. (laughs) Pilot Um, of my heart. So there wasn't actually any romance between these two, uh, as far as anyone can no, tell. They had, a secret, um, they had plus, like an office relationship. Plus, well, she was also traveling with her husband, so it's kind of awkward. Yeah, but like he sucks, so I don't disagree. Um, but you can, you know, you know that there's got to be fanfic out there for this. What? Who the fuck would Girl, history fanfic? I, I've seen it. Not this, but I have seen history fanfic. Caden, Caden mm. peruses and no. Oh wait, this is actually so funny. History fanfic. I love it. Like, no, um, my little sister has a joke where she finds the weirdest possible pairing of fanfic and then like reads it aloud to me. And we did find one, <laughs> and it was um. Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, who were gay lovers and werewolf hunters. Interesting. So you know that someone out there has written okay. uh, Clark and Sacagawea fanfiction. Yeah, my little sister's amazing, but she's also super weird, and I love her, and I hope she's listening to this. So, Sorry. Um, part of their goal, and they knew this kind of starting out, was that if they were going to cross the Rockies, they were going to need to trade they knew for that horses. The Rockies existed. Well, they knew enough to know that there were going to be some mountains. Oh, I guess because she knew that there were mountains. 
And so they knew that they were going to have to trade for horses. And the people they were going to trade with were going to be the Shoshone. Shoshone. So, they find the Shoshone. And um, Sacagawea was really important to the success of this trade. Firstly, because obviously she was the translator, as we said um, it was sort of an awkward game of telephone, but she was the key to making it possible. But also because um, when a group of Native Americans see 40 men marching their way, you gotta imagine they were like, oh shit, like, get the bows and arrows, guys, we're in trouble. This is a battle. Have they encountered anyone? Oh, I guess maybe the French. Well, the Hidatsa also had, like, guns and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, but... They didn't- yeah, I mean, they might have been like, wow, look at these really pale people. Because, uh, honestly, some tribes still hadn't been exposed. You're um, pale. But she was important because if you see 40 men, like, coming your direction, you're usually afraid of a battle. Mm-hmm. But the fact that there was also a woman and a young baby with them sort of made it seem like, oh, like, they're probably not here to fight us if they're traveling That's with this woman. That's why they brought the baby. They were like, mm, he's so cute that nobody can. Little pomp. Oh, no one wants to fight us when we got a little pomp. <laughs> little pomp? They're like, sir, we need to fight you. They're like, what about a little pomp? They just hold the baby out like Simba. They're like, but a little pomp. <laughs> but unexpectedly, she was also the key to success in this situation because unbeknownst to her... She'd be reunited with her fan? Yes! Oh, wow. Her brother was the chief of the tribe, oh, and she didn't sick. know that. Which it must be kind of why they assume that her dad might have been a chief, I guess. Oh, because I don't. I mean, I don't know if that's. But her brother was chief. That's he fun. was chief. Come away, I really, I'm. I'm trying, guys. I'm sorry. I even wrote a pronunciation, and I'm still not sure it's right. Um, I would honestly say that come away, but if I just say it all the ways, eventually I might strike gold. Um, and they had a cute ass little family reunion. After being separated since she was kidnapped at age 12. Not to let anyone forget that, because, wow, trauma. But yeah, so she was reunited with her brother. That's nice. And then they were able to get their horses. So, horses. a win for everyone. And she did actually... Ever, did, did you ever go back and hang with her bro? No. Aww. But they were able to... So she actually does continue going west with them. Obviously, otherwise we wouldn't really give a shit about her. So she keeps going with the core discovery, even though she found a brother. I would be like... Bye, guys. Peace out. Back to my people. But whatever. I mean, maybe she could just stop with them on the way back. And then here's where your girl sort of pulls a call me Ishmael. And that is because um, they're getting to the Pacific now. They're in another of your favorite states, Oregon. What? Or Oregon. How do you say it? Oregon? Did you just call it Oregon? Oregon. Oregon. No, it's I say it both ways because, again, I don't commit. No, it's definitely Oregon. I say both. I just... You're wrong. I People say Oregon. Anyways. Well, they're wrong. That's acceptable. Um, so they're in Oregon, and there's a rumor going around with, like, all the different tribes and such that there's a whale on the beach. A whale and on the beach. this might not seem important, except for the fact that these people, by this point, were so... Um, like, the, the core discovery was so desperate for protein this far into their trip that they had actually started eating their candles, which were made of animal fat, just to get protein. Um, So when they found out there was a whale on the beach, they were like, damn, 
Let's find the whale. It's like old and stinky. Oh no, we find in that whale. That's super. We do not have like this is survive or die. It's doggy dead whale. Yep, doggy dead whale. Um, and so they find out about this whale, and so Clark says that he will peel off from the group and lead a separate smaller group to go find the whale, and then like bring back whatever they can get. And the group that he chooses doesn't include Sacagawea. And, of course, you girls like, excuse me. Fuck no. Not having that. So, Clark... She really wanted that whale. She wanted the whale. So, um, just like Ishmael, she wants the whale. And Clark writes that she, quote, was very impatient to be permitted to go with me. Romance. She observed that she had traveled a long way with us to see the great waters, and that now that monstrous fish was also to be seen, she thought it very hard monstrous that she... Monstrous fish. Big ass fish. That's what I want to call whales from now on. <laughs> she thought it very hard that she could not be printed to see either. She had never yet been to the ocean, so she wants to see that fucking fish, and she wants to see the, the ocean. The monstrous fish. The big ass fish. That's what I want to call whales now. Big old monster fish. Monster fish. Um... And she's like, you're not, like, you think you're going to leave me behind? Hell no. You can see that fish. So, <laughs> turns out that this is, like, the only time, to- like, this is, like, the most rebellious she ever gets in the diaries. Um, and they listen to her. So, she's allowed to go see the fish. <laughs> <laughs> she's allowed to go see the fish. I mean, they could have said no. What a weird sentence. She sees that fish. You grow really happy because, A, she sees the ocean. She's never I seen mean, it I'd before. be more excited than seeing the ocean than a fish. But think about if you'd never, like, the concept of a whale is just... You mean a monstrous fish? You you don't know what a monstrous fish even is. You're like, damn, that's a big fish. It is big. Well, it depends on the kind of whale. Are we talking, like, I'm orca? hoping it was a big boy. I don't are know. Are we talking... If it was an orca, those, they, those babies are kind of small. It's the biggest fish she's ever seen. That's fair. Comparatively. <laughs> it's a monster to her. Um, having said that, um, I don't really know the like relative size of whales. But in the diary, um, they also said that they found the skeleton of this monster on the sand. And it measured 105 feet. Okay, so that's a pretty monstrous fish then. Big old fish. It's a big boy. He's hefty. Hey, don't, don't fetch him. <laughs> He's a whale. <laughs> Um, you don't know he was hefty. You just know he was long. Um, he's a whale. I'm gonna guess he's hefty. What if he was starved and that's why he washed up? I think all whales are decently hefty. It's just their like natural shape. Um, so, anyways, I've sort of just glossed over this because this is the part that's mainly about Lewis and Clark. And so, who gives a shit? Um, they do their West Coast stuff or whatever. They're like, oh, yeah, we made it. Do to do. They noodle around. They do their thing. They're here. But now they're like, ah, oh, now we got to go back. So turn it around, boys. And they are making their return journey. Making my way downtown. And so um, on July 25th, um, Clark, then they're passing a kind of a rock formation, which is a butte. I mentioned buttes too earlier because buttes are relevant. They're passing a big old like rock butte thing in Montana, and Clark carved his signature into it and the date, and he dubbed it Pompey's Tower because he loves Pompey so much. He's like Pompey's my little my little man. 
Mm, he's a baby. So. It's so cute. That he's a little cute. man. That's cute. And, um... So it was called Pompey's Tower, and still to this day, they did slightly rename it, but it's today called Pompey's Pillar. And so he set his undying affection for this cute little baby into the stone. So it's today Pompey's Pillar. You can still see this boy in Montana. It's on the signature part. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, It's the only place that they, like, have any kind of written evidence, like, in the actual space. Of where they were. So, if they carved their names anywhere else, it's not been found. found. But they definitely have that. Um, and Pompey's Pillar is 150 feet above the Yellowstone River in Montana. And it is from the Crustaceous Hell Creek Formation. And supposedly it's like 75 to 66 million years old. That's and now old. it will always be known as Pompey's Pillar. After our little pomp. So, your boy famous. So cute. I'm a big Pomp fan. I can tell. I think he's like the mascot of the trip. The mascot. They really made him the mascot, if you think about it. Like, they, like, when they want to prove that they're innocent, they're like, oh, look at this little baby. We wouldn't hurt you because we have a little baby with us. So they went, like, opposite. You normally want your mascots to be scary. Mm, Yeah, they were like, we so cuddly. (laughs) We're your friendly neighborhood white people. And then it was only after the trip that white people were like, yeah, so actually, get off our land. But this trip, they're like, oh, look, we're just here to see the cool little rock formations. Eventually, the Corps returns home to the Hidatsa village in August of 1806, so about two years after they started their trip. That's so long. And um, Sacagawea, Charbonneau, and Pomp. Um, were basically, like, dropped off there, because that's where they started, and then the rest of the Corps was going to go to St. Louis. And so Charbonneau was given $500.33, very specific, um, as repayment for his efforts, and of course, because uh, patriarchy, Sacagawea was given nothing. But I guess, like, she was married to him, so they were like, ah, like, it's Joint for both of you, but it's just with a man, because only men can... Be responsible for, you know, anything. Except for babies, apparently. Women can do that. Good for us. <laughs> Men can handle all the money. And women can, ha- like, handle literal raising of a human life. Yeah, that's true. Which makes you really wonder why no one trusts women with money. Because babies seem harder. I don't know. But whatever. Um, then... Obviously, they split up. The rest of the Corps goes back to St. Louis. And at this point, Clark writes to Charbonneau saying that Sacagawea, who um, went on the, quote, long, dangerous, and fatiguing route to the Pacific Ocean and back, deserved a greater reward for her attention and services on the route than we had in our power to give her at the Mandans. As to your little son, my boy Pomp... You well know my fondness of him and my anxiety to take him and raise him as my own child. I once more tell you, if you will bring your son Baptiste to me, I will educate him and treat him as my own child. So he was loving that cute-ass little baby. He wants to steal that man's baby. (laughs) Give me your son. (laughs) He's like, I don't really think you're fully appreciating how adorable this child is. So I will... That's a weird offer to give someone. I mean... Um, within the kind of constraints of the time, it's not that weird, but, um, I can see why it would seem sort of weird, but... I mean, yeah. If someone had a kid and they're like, 
you're like hung out with them like you hung out with that kid for a bit and then like once they were like two you like wrote them a letter saying uh i want your child to be my child <laughs> yeah he did i think on the trip just like two years with this baby he was like you know what i can give this kid a lot so he wanted to give him an education and so it takes about three years but in 1809 the family does go to st louis to visit clark And he enrolls Pomp in boarding school, Um, which is cute because he was so excited to see Pomp again. Gives him a little education. Um, And then while they are in St. Louis or like round about that time, it's sort of murky on the details. um, She then has a second baby um, and her daughter called Lisette. And in 1811, they then move back to North Dakota, but Pompey stays. So Pomp... Um, stays with Clark and is able to get his education, and the rest of the family goes back to North Dakota. And then here, towards the end, um, I have her kind of the end of her life. So in December of 1812, after um, only a year after they had returned home, Sacagawea becomes sick, and she dies of putrid fever, um, which may have been typhoid. And she was 25 years old. That's so sad. Which sucks, because, like, we're not far off from 25. Don't want that to happen. Putting that out there, don't like the idea of death. Casual, you can quote me on that. Casual style. <laughs> you can quote me on that. Not a fan of the concept. But, uh, yeah, so she was 25. She was super young. It's, um, the last time that she appears in any documented writing is in Clark's Diary. It's not as saucy as it seems, but I wanted to put it out there. Um, And he writes this in 1825 or 1826, which I'd like to point out is 13-ish years after she dies. Um, And he writes in his diary, he's listing out to the best of his memory what happens to each of the members of the Corps of Discovery. And he wrote, um, Sacagawea, dead. That's it? Yeah. Well, it seems sad to me, but, like, it's like, aw. So, just, he, he kept, like, raising her son, then? So, yeah. So, um, a few months after her death, um, the fort was attacked by another tribe, and um, Liz- Lizette, her daughter, survives the attack, and she was also sent to Clark to be her guardian. So, her dad's not even dadding at this point. Clark is just fully taking on dad role. Okay. So, I mean, that may be why people were like, you know what? Romance. So, I'm, I'm like, weirdly, for, for something that I know was not historically accurate, I'm like, wow, they're really making it hard to not be into it. <laughs> so, I can get why somebody would fanfic that shit. There you go. Um, it does not seem that Lisette survived infancy. She died around one year old. Oh. Um, so sad. But then, boom, 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 things get interesting. Because then it becomes, so that slide in my notes was called Death. And this slide in my notes is called Death? Question marks? There are multiple. Okay. And that's because, um, so Lewis and Clark's journey becomes an instant hit. It's like top 100 shit, if you can imagine. Everyone's really into it. Top of the charts. Everyone loves it. Um, and their journals were then edited and published. Um, though through the editing process, Sacagawea is mostly left out. That's bullshit. Yeah, so um, she's not really mentioned at all, and spoiler for anyone who hasn't watched Game of Thrones, it's like Tyrion treatment, where it's just like, someone who's super important to the entire storyline, it's just like, well, 
Not even there. So that's wow. my tea with my anger at the ending of Game of Thrones, among many things. Much tea. Um, but so she's left out of the story, and she actually won't be remembered properly for about a hundred more years. And it's in the early 1900s when they start looking at her more in detail that the women who were campaigning for the right to vote um, give more focus to Sacagawea and they make her kind of a focal point about how women's roles in like founding and the growth of America um, trying to show that like women were an integral part of the story and therefore like going forward women should be part of the voting process so it kind of coincided both with their own present aims but also it was really good timing because it also coincides with the centennial of the core of discovery's journey because the early 1900s and so that would be 100 years and um there was a woman called grace hebbard who then kind of takes this one step further from the um suffragettes who start looking into her Mm -hmm. and grace um then goes to try to find out more about her life and she goes to a place called wind river and starts like asking about her and asking around and eventually she learns there's a story from some tribes that Sacagawea actually didn't die what that she leaves her husband which good for you and she returns to the shoshone people and she's known as the lost woman she gained the respect of being like the chief basically um despite being a woman she was remarried and had more children and she died in 1884 in her 90s what? in wyoming Good for her. so so she just like faked her own death and was like i'm out well so you have 25 year old dying or 90s like somewhere in your 90s dying that's very um, different from each yeah other. So, unfortunately, um, Sacagawea's death at 25 was noted down by multiple people in, like, multiple sources who would have been, like, there and present at the time. So... I wonder if they confused her and Otter Woman. Well, so, that actually, that's one of the things um, that Grace Hebbard started um, having issues with that was when people were saying, like, no, we know she died. We have record of it. They're like, no, that must have been Otter Woman who died. Um, so that was one of the things that came up. Um, but, so, we, from what we understand, like, there's not really any, um, his, yeah, like, there's not really a lot of, like, kind of mainstream historians who back this theory. Everyone really does believe that she died at 25. However, um, even though the whole theory is quite unlikely, there are some tribes today who still genuinely support it. Um, and they believe that she did live uh, until her 90s and died in Wyoming. Regardless, though, there is a woman who did exist and do all of these things, gained the respect of a chief, um, and was seen as, like, the lost woman and such. So, it wasn't likely that it was her, but it was someone. And so, it's still kind of cool that that somebody did that. A woman gets to do that. Uh, And then I... uh, So, we're assuming she's dead. Yeah. But that's just a weird fact. And then I went on to keep me up with the Charbonneaus. Um, so after she dies, uh, her husband Charbonneau, he goes on through like throughout his whole life, including Otter Woman and Sacagawea. Um, he had a total of five wives. Right. They were all around sixteen years old or younger when he married them. 
But obviously he's getting older. He also may have had more wives that weren't just like not recorded or have been lost in time. Yeah. And his last wife, who was an Assiniboine girl, I hope I said that right. Um, she was 14 when she married him. Ugh. And he was more than 70. That's super so, gross. Thanks, history, for being yuck. And then he died in his 70s as well. Nice. Her son, Baptiste, um, he gets a good education. He's obviously raised with, like, kind of the help of Clark and goes to this nice school. He becomes fluent in English, French, and several Native American languages. He could also read um, Greek and Latin. Ooh. He then goes on at 19 to meet Duke Paul Wilhelm, who was the nephew of the King of Wartenberg. And um, Pomp was then hired as a translator and guide for this duke um, as he was traveling west. They become good friends, and the Duke's like, ah, oh, you should come back to my place in Europe. I got a pad there. So he goes to Europe, where he lives in a palace for six years. So Pomp is living the high life. The Pomp life. Pomp and circumstance. Um, and so he tours Europe. He visited Northern Africa. He supposedly played the violin for Beethoven. I'm getting this straight out of the book, y'all, so... Um, if that's not true, I, I, I hope it's true. That's a cool story. Um, he learned to speak German, Spanish, and Italian while he's there. So he really becomes... A worldly man. Eventually he goes back to America and he goes on further expeditions. He basically turned in like a mountain man. And, um, he kind of continues west. And then eventually... Um, he ends up involved in the gold rush. Does he? Yeah. So, that's cool. And so, like, Pomp lived a pretty baller life. Um, part of the story of, um, the possibility that Sacagawea does live is that eventually they were reunited. Mm. Um, but obviously that's, like, not really a thing. Um, so, you know. That would be cute, though. Um, now, if I just briefly go into the name controversy, because we're kind of at the end here. Um, so, Sacagawea is not spelled like I thought. It's with a G. So, like, S-A-C-A-G-A-W-E-A. Um, so, if you spell it with a G, that's the way it's spelled by Clark. It's also the way that, like, America recognizes it today. And that is the, it's a Hidatsa word, and it means bird woman. Otter and that's and bird woman. so bird woman and otter woman um and sacagawea that would have been the name that her kidnappers would have given her which is like there's controversy there um sacagawea which is the way i assumed it was spelled i was wrong with a j yeah um that's actually there's controversy because that's a shoshone word and it means boat launcher which you think about it they were like in canoes and stuff so she could have been a boat launcher um and that was of course her birth tribe so it's like was she named was that name given to her by the kidnapping tribe or the birth tribe? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the way that Clark spells it w is with a G, and it's also the way that America recognizes it today, like in books. But also, if we're going with the G spelling, which I don't really love, but it's correct in terms of, like, what we accept, um, it, it should actually be pronounced with a hard G. 
So when you were saying the pronunciation of like Saka- Wea, Sacagawea, Sacagawea, which is even worse. Sacagawea and Sacagawea are like fine. Sacagawea is bad. Um, and then also if you go to North Dakota and there are some tribes as well, they actually spell it Sacagawea. Because I think their argument was that Hidatsa didn't really use the G. Oh. So it should be Sakakawea. Sakakawea. So girls all over the place with names. So I mean, you can say it however the fuck you want. You might be right. It's like, it's kind of like if you just like throw a dart at the board and you're going to hit something. You could say it any way you want. Might you as well. probably be close. Sakakawea. Sakakawea. God, that's so weird. And then her legacy is basically, um, like I said, she wouldn't be... boss-ass bitch. Well, yeah, boss-ass bitch. But she wouldn't, like I said, be properly remembered until about 100 years after. Because, of course, she got left out of the narrative. Um, And then she possibly gets confused with another baller Native American woman. So that's a little confusing because then we think that she lived until her 90s or 80s, um, which is not really the case. Um, she was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame in 2003. Um, the National Women's History Museum has um, kind of guesstimated that she probably has more monuments honoring her than any other woman in the United States, which is pretty cool. Um, National Park Service, from what I can tell, also says that this is the case. And so there's a fuck ton of statues to her. And in 2007, there was actually a protest over statues, because that's the new thing to do, which I'm totally here for, by the way. That wasn't sarcasm or anything. Um, and there was a protest over one of these statues, because Lewis and Clark are standing, yeah. and she's crouching. Now, from an artistic standpoint, that's probably because she was, like, like trying to find the way. Like, she was... Because she's always seen as being, like, the guide. Find the way. She was, Yeah. <laughs> Gotta find that way. And so... She's crouching, and the men are standing. Mm-hmm. And so on Columbus Day, which of course has whole other issues with oh. indigenous people, um, people went out and protested in 2007 in front of this statue, holding signs with things like Sacagawea never coward. So they saw that more as like a submissive pose being down on the ground, and like that they portrayed the men as standing and her as crouching because mm-hmm. she's like somehow lesser. Big strong man. Big strong man. So... Uh, so Sacagawea never cowered, and they're right, because bitch didn't cower. She was amazing, and I love her. I love her even more after learning about this story, because I did not know a lot of this shit. Pompey. Uh, and Pompey's adorable, and he may have played for Beethoven, so that's also really cool. Good for him. Um, and I'm glad he lived a cool life, even though his mom was dead. Awkward. But anyways, with that sad, dead mom story, that's also the end of the episode, because that was the that's end of her upper. life. That's an upper. And... <laughs> And so with that, I will just say, um, please, if you enjoyed this, rate and review the episode. Um, that is super helpful and helps people find the podcast. Also, I have various ways that you can follow me and get in contact. I have my Twitter, which is at Happy History Pod. Instagram is at Happy Hour History Pod. My Facebook is Happy Hour History or Happy Hour History Pod. I think it's the same deal. And my email is happyhourhistorypod at gmail.com. You can send me your fanfics about Sacagawea and oh, Clark and Pompey because it's so cute. Aw, it's so adorable. And um, you can also send um, your undying love. And um, I would really like that. That would make me happy. Um, tell Megan that you will buy her part of a river. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she great. wants some river. 
and thank you for listening. Scooby Bop. Scooby Bop Bop That's the end of the podcast. All right. Sorry for all of this. <laughs>